you'd better wrap another layer of foil on your head because it's time for Grain of Truth. Please welcome your host, David Innes. Hello and welcome to Grain of Truth, the show where the truth is being covered up. Your Grains of Truth today. A stream that makes squeaking noises is called a creek. Ah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Jazz terrapins wear turtlenecks. <laughs> when a nucleic acid reaches adolescence, it becomes a protein. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> and the chorizo, who was hired as a clown, was a silly sausage. Ah. <laughs> Cute, really. That's good. <laughs> to introduce our panelists for the episode, it's over to our resident scorekeepers, the Boffins! Thank you, David. From Murdoch University, Perth campus, representing the zoo, it's the birthday girl herself, Michelle Nussie. <laughs> From the University of Adelaide, representing fairy tales, it's Vicky Kiriakakis plus one. From RMIT University, representing performing arts, it's Stacey Taylor. Thank you. And finally, from Victoria University, Wellington Campus, representing television, it's Lucy Smith. The rules of Grain of Truth are simple. Points are awarded to the panellists for their responses to the absurd questions, scenarios and topics that I pose. Whoever has the most points wins the coveted Grain of Truth prize, which this week is a reptoid. Yes! If, if you don't know what a reptoid looks like, just take a photo of yourself squinting and blur the picture. Now, before we begin the quiz, here's a small challenge for everybody. Can you name the Grain of Truth that connects all four of our panellists' topics? That's the zoo, fairy tales, performing arts, and television. And we'll get to the answer at the end of the program, but I will give you a clue. So your clue... Your clue was... Flap, 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 flap. You're saying flap, right? Yes, I am. Just checking. Just double-checking. Uh, but we'll start with round one, which is called Right Said Ted. Each panellist must deliver a 90-second TED-style presentation relating to a theme. At 60 seconds, they'll hear this noise. And at the 90-second mark, they'll hear this noise, at which they must wrap up their talk. Whoever uses their special skills to present on the theme the best gets the points. Uh, the theme of this TED presentation is conspiracy theories. So we'll start with Michelle Nussi, representing the zoo, uh, to talk about conspiracy theories. Nussi, your time begins now. Thank you, David. So I Googled conspiracy theories and the zoo because I was like, how great will that be? Um, but all I discovered was that conspiracy theorists do not use grammar well. Um, and also, the, a lot of like the... Basically, it was like, oh, no, maybe we're the zoo and the animals are watching us. That, that was like <laughs> the conspiracy theories. I'm like, great, I'll talk about that for 90 seconds. Um, but then I remembered that when I first started working at the zoo, um, people would often ask about the Australian little penguins. Now, I know I've talked about the little penguins before and their mating rituals, <laughs> uh, but this is just about their names. So the Australian little penguin is, goes by a few different names, the little penguin, the fairy penguin, the blue penguin, the little blue penguin. Um, but, you know, originally, like, as we were growing up and stuff, they were known as fairy penguins, but now they're called little penguins. And there's this conspiracy theory um, that the reason that they're not called fairy penguins anymore is because the gays, <laughs> and I am playing a character when I say that, <laughs> didn't, didn't like it. So the 
um, penguins had to change their names to little penguins, right? Anyway, I Googled that. And around 2006, there were all these articles talking about how SeaWorld have decided to change the name of the penguin because obviously SeaWorld are the ones who decide. (laughs) So they decided they weren't going to call them fairy penguins anymore. They were going to call them little penguins. And these articles just went all over the internet as happens. Um, But the truth is that that's not why they're called little penguins now. The truth is that they named both of them, little penguins and fairy penguins, and then discovered that they're actually the same and little penguins were named first. So there you go. Conspiracy theory busted. (laughs) Let's go, Michelle Nussie! Now, working at the zoo especially, do you have you, and uh, this could be all related to workplaces or places that we work, do you ever get uh, people that uh, have been upset, like I imagine protesters or things like that, have you ever had anyone like that or trying to deliberately cause problems at your workplace? Um, Not when I've been there. We've had like... Uh, graffiti scrawled on the back of the toilets about animals shouldn't be in cages. Because that's I, the bravest place I to know, say. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I'll pay to get into the zoo and then ride it there. <laughs> um, but no, it has happened before. I think that there was a, a guy who stayed overnight on um, what's now Saibang Island uh, and he was kind of living there. Mm. And then they saw, someone saw some smoke and kind of went over there and he built a fire and was like washing his clothes and stuff like that. And he was just living there. <laughs> On the island. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if that's a protest or just a crazy guy. <laughs> <laughs> little from column A, little from column B. Yeah. Uh, to next speak on the topic of conspiracy theories is Vicky Kiriakakis representing fairy tales. And the pen has gone down. <laughs> uh, your time begins now. Now, look, I have a conspiracy theory. I, I want to bust this conspiracy theory. The Grimm brothers have something against stepmums. <laughs> yes, I. I am a stepmom and I protest this conspiracy theory. Let me lay it out for you, right? We're talking about Jacob and Willem. Willem, what kind of a name is Willem? Grimm. <laughs> Born in the 1700s, right? Living a nice, comfortable, rich life. Daddy paying for everything. Then daddy dies. And suddenly they get really poor. And who do they blame it on? The stepmothers. And so, I would have you know that there are 900 fairy tales where the stepmums are evil, and I blame every one of them on the Grimm's. <laughs> Let's take, for instance, Hansel and Gretel, exhibit A. Hansel and Gretel, in the story that we know, the stepmum convinces some hapless dad who apparently has no choice in the matter to take his kids out into the middle of the forest and leave them there to starve. But in the original Hansel and Gretel, it wasn't the stepmum at all, it was the mum. It was the mum and dad who probably had a moment of clarity and went, look, we're not actually that good at parenting. Maybe this wasn't such a good idea. We'll just take them out and someone else can pick them up. But no, no, the Grimms didn't like that, so they changed it to the stepmother, hence evil stepmother. Exhibit B, Cinderella. Now look, was it really the stepmum who was evil in Cinderella or could it perhaps be that the stepmum comes in with her two daughters into a family, tries her best to make everything work in really difficult situation and finds herself up against a spoilt child who insists on bringing singing birds into the house who poop all over the fireplace. (laughs) Then when she escapes despite having a curfew and goes to a ball she's not meant to be at and some stalkery prince comes and finds her and where she lives, the stepmom bravely and selflessly (laughs) gives over her own two daughters to try and distract this this crazy guy, and gets blamed for standing in true love's way. 
I rest my case. Ladies and gentlemen, Vicky Garagakis. I feel really strongly about this. <laughs> Vicky, do we have to check on your stepkids? <laughs> they are fine. Everything is fine. Ignore the two large pies <laughs> cooling onto the, uh, on the windowsill. Uh, now, we were talking, touched there about uh, the unfortunate rap uh, of stepmums. Do you think, and uh, this is a good question for the panel here, mm. are there villains that you know of stories or fairy tales or things like that who have got an unfortunate rap? Who think that they should be perhaps looked in an alternative way? I think Rumpelstiltskin was ripped off. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they had a contract. <laughs> yeah. Contract broken. <laughs> Fair cop. Yeah, very true. Any other villains yeah. you think that were? Oh. I, I think I think well, from a zoo point of view, there are a lot of animals or insects I think that often get a bit of a bad rap. Mm. That people just decide are evil. Mm. Um, like you know, like spiders. A lot of different spiders. They eat flies, guys. Mm. We would have a lot of more flies here if there weren't spiders. Yeah. And, and you know, they keep you company at night. Mm. Yes, exactly. they're friendly. They read your stories. Yeah. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> it's all sort of embroidered in the web. Yeah. It's, like, it's a very, very huge web. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting through Shakespeare. It's taking ages. <laughs> <laughs> Our next speaker is Stacey Taylor, representing Performing Arts, to present on the theme of conspiracy theories. Stacey, your time starts then. Look, the performing arts is disappointingly short of conspiracy theories, which I think is a travesty, because it's full of writers and divas and cross-dressers and gossip and weak tea masquerading as whiskey. It is a (laughs) culture ripe for a rash of conspiracy theories, and I would like to issue you a report card, performing arts entity thing could do better. (laughs) Now, of course, there's the tedious question of who really wrote the works of Shakespeare, Contenders mostly coming down to Francis Bacon and a couple of earls, but for me, these theories lack a satisfactory amount of actual conspiring. It's just some bloke stealing another bloke's ideas, so for verb specificity, performing arts entity could try harder. Now, there was the promise of an upside to my extensive research into this um, topic, because when I typed who really wrote into Google, it auto-filled with the Book of Mormon. Mm. But alas, they weren't questioning the authorship of the Matt Stone Trey Parker Pier musical, rather the actual uh, Book of Mormon, What Mormons Read. <laughs> so that, as they say in the theatre, was a bust. Now, you think <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber might have attracted a few by now? Like, you know, I don't know, Cats was really written by actual cats. But <laughs> oh, Apart from inexplicably being quite the Casanova, he's boringly conspiracy free. And, you know, for the love of God, oh, why haven't circus performers mobilised to call conspiracy on entrenched beliefs like, you know, clowns are scary and mimes are lame. So, there's only one sensible way to solve this problem, and that's clearly through the medium of pantomime. <laughs> I challenge ye playwrighty scribes to pen a panto that challenges some of these other erstwhile unproblematized beliefs about the performing arts, during which the audience is prompted to bellow, it's a conspiracy! <laughs> In fact, let's try that now. So the villain enters and says, yes, but they weren't really improvising, it was all rehearsed. It's a conspiracy. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Stacey Taylor. Oh, how delightful. Um, You touched on it a little bit there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Theatre and actors in particular have various beliefs and practices. Oh, indeed. You know, what's not allowed to be said before a show and so forth. Is uh, is there any beliefs and practices that you go uh, carry on with, or is there any particular ones that you think are complete bubkis, uh, rubbish? This is what I think, and this is just my honest um, feeling about this, is I think there's enough going on before you enter a stage without 
challenging people on their beliefs. So I did have a cruel friend who used to say the Scottish play over and over again to someone who was very fearful. (laughs) Just just for the, this is Patrick, just for the pure pleasure of seeing them have to leave the building, turn around three times and and stuff like that. (laughs) This woman was now a wreck to work with, by the way, so I just go... Be kind. <laughs> Give people their rituals, even if they're bunkum. Oh. Uh, uh, Lucy, is there any sort of rituals or beliefs in theatre or otherwise that you think uh, are, uh, are bunkers or ones that you do yourself? Or? Um, yeah, uh, I, uh, I have a couple. Uh, if I um, ever go to the casino, um, I will cross my fingers and hope for uh, seven red or 33 black. <laughs> um, and that's probably... The most important one. I like how you casually say, if I happen to go to a casino. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Just if a casino happens to just find its way. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you go out walking and then... <laughs> you you... Oh, fancy seeing you here, casino. It's a great exercise, Northgate. Walking, walking from Northgate to past Flinders Station. I have a Greek one that I do. Oh, that, yes. that is that that I get picked up on by my partner Chris all the time. And if any if there are any Greeks in here, like if I happen to see something and I go, "Oh, that's lovely, child," or "What a beautiful dog," I have to spit at them. <laughs> is that the evil eye? Is that because of the evil eye? Yeah, yeah. That's the exactly Italians it. do a like, similar thing. You just because because by complimenting them, I, I've tried to explain this and before and, and and without much luck. But if you compliment something, you accidentally give it the evil eye. So I literally cannot. I find myself unable to not go ftuftuftu. Oh, okay. Very quickly in succession. Ah, well, now I understand why you uh, always keep your compliments at a minimum. Thank you. Um, do you do you that'll like, spit on you? Oh, yeah. Do you have like a ritual to get rid of the evil eye? Yeah. Yeah, we totally. have one as well with like oil and water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's Whoa. like a. Um, and my nan used to do it. She'd say all these like Italian words. I don't know what it was. But she would <laughs> she would do like a, a kind of ritual with oil and water, and depending on how the oil sits, you can tell if you've got the malocchio, which is the evil eye. And whether it's a man or a woman who's done it. So if yeah. there's a big, like a big spot of oil and a little spot next to it, then it's like a fob watch, so it's a man. But if it's lots of little dots next to each other, it's like a pearl necklace, so it's a woman. Wow. And that supposedly gets rid of it as What well. happens if you've got the evil eye? You get a headache. You get a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh you have God. a... It's oh, that's what I got to just right next door I to know, each other. I know, that's weird, isn't it? It's like the walks are all Didn't the you same. say you had a headache, Nazi? <laughs> I do Quick. have a headache. Ah. Quick, oil and water. Spit on it. Spit on it. On that I'll note. Our final speaker. <clears throat> our final speaker is Lucy Schmidt, <laughs> representing <laughs> television to present on the theme of conspiracy theories. <laughs> Lucy, your time begins. Now. I actually forgot I had to do this. Um, <laughs> okay. Televised events are magnets to conspiracy theorists. In 1969, the moon landing being a case in point, but flags waving and zero gravity atmosphere aside, you may be surprised to know that conspiracy theories are also clouds some of your favourite comedies. Mm-hmm. Check the internet if you don't believe me. <laughs> Starting as far back as the classic Gilligan's Island, where a mismatched group of folk embark on a three-hour tour in a boat called the Minnow and end up shipwrecked on a deserted island. Thurston Howell, better known as the millionaire, which uh, actually in these times would make him a billionaire uh, in today's economy, uh, is the problem here. Why doesn't he take his yacht on the tour instead of a rust bucket like the minnow? And why (laughs) is he carrying a suitcase full of money with him? (laughs) 
The answer is surely that he was about to do a drug deal. <laughs> and perhaps the professor was in on it because although he can make a radio out of a coconut, he cannot fix a boat. <laughs> <laughs> there are also theories that the fresh Prince of Bel-Air died in the altercation on the basketball court mentioned in the theme tune and is actually in heaven. The Bel-Air mansion is, uh, uh, is owned by his uncle Phil and aunt Vivian, and that's heaven, although what Carlton then represents... I have no idea. <laughs> and perhaps it was Marge Simpson, not Maggie, that shot Mr. Burns. Surely a baby wouldn't be able to hold a gun. And Marge is an ex-police officer. Mm. Um, these are all on the internet, by the way, and, and lots of them. Uh, the amount of fan theories for Game of Thrones alone is quite unbelievable, scary even. But the most frightening thing is the time spent creating and sharing these theories about TV shows, which, let's face it, are already fiction. Thank you. This is Revolution A question to the panel. Is there any myths or facts about television shows that you learn much later in life or even sort of entertainment services that you've learned about that you found fascinating? I, for one, um, whenever you learn about the truth behind Disneyland um, accidents and knowing that actually some of them are quite true, uh, it's been terrifying to me. Um, like mm. uh, the, the, the worker who got trapped in cogs. Have you heard that story? Oh, that's, oh. A, that's an unfortunately true story oh. um, because I forget what it is. It's the... Uh, Oh, the revolving stage, thank you very much, voice of truth. Um, <laughs> uh, there was a revolving stage and a worker, a uh, uh, oh, cast member, got trapped in between two stages. Oh. And, yeah, that's exactly oh. the facial expression of a uh, wide eyes. Did that actually happen? Yeah, it did, did actually happen, yeah. I know. It's, it's horrible to think oh. about. And people go there every year. But I was wondering... <laughs> If there are any myths and facts about television shows or things that... Are, well, or I've just learnt that, um, and probably you all know this, but I didn't, is that um, often when you need an unusual animal, you'll dress up a dog. What? Really? Yeah, so um, I was reading um, a filmmaker's uh, on-set diaries and uh, said a filmmaker was star and um, also screenwriter, and she couldn't have the fox because I said, oh, well, we'd have to dress up a dog. <laughs> so all other animals are actually dogs underneath. <laughs> so, so Mr. Ed the is a dog. <laughs> Mr. Ed is totally a dog. That is an amazing job. <laughs> Even the cats. Cats. I dogs. don't know. But then I saw a film with a fox in it, and I said to Lucy, "I, I think that's a dog dressed up." And I, it, it looked like it, it had a, mm. I'm still focusing on the idea that Mr. Ed is like some sort of Great Dane, but yes. just shot yeah. with different perspectives. Because uh, dogs, you can command to do stuff. And what you can't about Flipper? <laughs> Flipper's a dog. <laughs> Flipper's a dog. Totally a dog. Uh, does, that that, does, that mean, does that mean the Pirates of the Caribbean is just all of those dogs? Have you seen those dog outfits where it looks like two dogs carrying a chest? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Is that Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, yeah Johnny Depp is actually a bunch of dogs taped together. <laughs> oh, <laughs> say it isn't so. Johnny Depp's That's... three chihuahuas and a spaniel. <laughs> <laughs> Uncredited. <laughs> Delightful. Well, that's the end of the round, so it's time for a score update from the Boffins. Boffins. According to the Grain of Truth children's novel, Vicky has taken the lead by being the best stepmom. I am, really. They don't get abused very much. (laughs) Uh, The next round is the analysis and application round. Our panel is divided into teams of two and must apply their skills to an application task. Thank you for uh, preventing crotch mic from happening. I much appreciate it. Oh, I miss crotch mic. <laughs> it does sound like a police officer's nickname, doesn't it? It's like, oh, here comes crotch mic. Oh, watch out for crotch mic. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I got pulled over the other night by crotch mark. <laughs> He's really hard on everyone. Ah! Take points off me, I deserve it. <laughs> oh, you just made a complete knob of yourself. Ah! No. Ah! <laughs> it's funny because penis. Now. <laughs> Stacy and Lucy, I challenge you two to be ranting elderly citizens. <laughs> Oh, you guys are going to find this so hard. <laughs> about, the, about the following events. Okay. So I, I really want to hear what you're ranting elderly citizens about uh, the changing of the seasons. So can you please be ranting elderly citizens about changing of the seasons? Ah, uh, bugger! <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I put on my bloody winter ti- uh, tights it takes me so bloody long to get them on. <laughs> That it's, the, that it's the next season, which I forgot what is the next season from winter. Gladys. <laughs> Gladys, are you having a turn? Are you, are you, you alright? Um, do you want me to press the button? Press the button, press the button! Uh, look, in my day, it wasn't a problem. You just pulled the curtains and you just fisted. <laughs> Isn't that what we're doing now? <laughs> Until spring. <laughs> it's true. It just reminds you that you slowly die. <laughs> every time the, the sun comes... The, the, you know, I, I bloody hate daffodils. <laughs> I know. They sit there, they look at you. Like, ah, I'm so free and sunny and pretty. <laughs> In my day, we just used to stand on them. Pets, pests. In my day, there, there, there was only thistles. And I, I'll tell you what, they, they were bloody good, good times, they were. Mm. I've had great times sitting on thistles. <laughs> I, I used to sit on quite a few. Oh, those were the days. I wish I could sit on a thistle now. in the future and it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Vicky and Nussie. <laughs> I'll, I'll be challenging you both to be flamboyant designers who must oh describe God. why the following things are in fact the most wondrous examples of either art, fashion or design. Yes. So I need you to be most flamboyant designers. Um, so I need you to d- describe, first of all, uh, why the contents of a rubbish bin are, in fact, the most wondrous example of art, fashion, or design. Oh, darling, the oh. contents of a rubbish bin. Oh, have, you, have you seen this rubbish bin right here? Right. Have you seen it? <laughs> but, I mean, have you seen Show. it? Show him. I mean, Show you've, him. You've looked at it, but have you seen it? Ah, yes, with, with your third eye, with the insideness of you, with your inner self. You have to look at it with your art chakra. That's right. <laughs> I mean, take, for instance, this banana peel. Oh, just strewn. Look how it's strewn. Artfully strewn. One one would almost suggest that it was suggesting a certain laissez-faire-ness about the state of the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that banana does not stand up for anything. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just thrown itself there. It doesn't even care anymore. That is generation X, Y, and Z. So is. Banana peel. So we might as well call it an eye banana. (laughs) And look what what it's on. A coffee cup. A coffee cup. There are coffee dregs in there. Styrofoam coffee cup. I know. Oh, the environment. <laughs> it's a comment on the environment. What a powerful, powerful statement of 
the throwaway culture that we find ourselves in. I know, isn't it? But it gets beautiful in some ways. <laughs> oh, beauty ab- about it. Oh, that, absolutely. Right? I mean, I would th- put this in a front room. <laughs> <laughs> or a nice lot. Darling, it would look absolutely perfect on your mantelpiece. Wouldn't it? Unbelievable. Wouldn't it? Right it would... next to that uh, old scrap of paper that we found. Yeah, and that roller day. skate that doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Nassim Vicky! <laughs> Gosh, isn't strewn a good word? Strewn oh, is a good word. It's a little onomatopoeic. Hey, snap! <laughs> That's why we're a team. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to think of other words. What would be other good words? I'm going to let you think about that. We'll come back and find mm. out what are more good words. Uh, but anyway, right, we'll move on. You. <laughs> you, guys, you guys do the funnies and we'll sit here and think of good words. <laughs> Moist. Uh, <laughs> I know you love that word. <laughs> it's great. Mm. Uh, uh, I've just been informed by the Grain of Truth elf, Sodden. 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 The grain, mm. Thank Sodden. you, Grain of Truth elf. Uh, well, that's now the end of the round, and it's back over to the Boffins for a score update. Boffins! Yes, thank you, David. According to the Grain of Truth cocktail recipe, Lucy is in the lead by a finger of whiskey. <laughs> Our next round is called the Inane Breakfast Show Round. The panellists will be forming part of an inane breakfast show that we can't name in case we adversely give them publicity. Uh, but Stacey and Lucy will be our hosts. Uh, Vicky is our roving reporter of various jobs. And Nussi will be our various interview subjects that uh, Vicky comes across. Uh, the theme of this particular breakfast program is about economic reform and rising poverty. So this <laughs> is Excellent. what your breakfast show is going to be about. Starting with you, Stacey and Lucy. Oh, poverty's really... Oh, it's really bad, isn't it? <laughs> like, it means you don't have much money. Yes, it's um, upsetting a lot of Australians right now, and, um, and, and, and that's why we're going to dedicate this uh, complex segment to economic reform. Uh, we have our reporter on the scene, uh, Vicky Kiriakakis. Now, she's um, spoken to the public, and uh, the public are as upset as we are. You've got big muscles. <laughs> <laughs> I work out. <laughs> I like your muscles too. (laughs) Where have we found you, Vicky? Right, well, I'm in the cold supermarket Ah. where the price of chips has gone up. And uh, I'm here with uh, Narelle. Narelle is here to tell us what that what impact that's had on her life. Oh, good day, Narelle. Thanks for talking to us. Oh, hi. Thanks so much for having me. I, I was just in the shops. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Narelle, what, 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 you know, poverty, hey? How about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is that I came in to buy some chips today and, you know, like I have a family, I'm a mum and oh. I have three boys at home and they just <laughs> eat everything. Oh, lots of chips. Yeah, well, usually I come in and I get three packets of chips and sometimes there's a special on but usually I would get, you know, like change from a $10 bill. But these days I don't do that anymore. Sometimes I can only buy two packets of chips. And I just think that poverty's gotten really bad. Shocking. <laughs> That's, That's shocking. really sick. Absolutely shocking. What are we going to do If I could just interrupt there, Vicky. If I could just interrupt there, Vicky. If I could just interrupt there, Vicky. What flavour chips did you have to sacrifice? Oh, yes. That's, well, that's a good It's very point. difficult because anyone that. with kids knows, because um, I'm a mum, <laughs> um, that, you know, every, every, they each have their favourites. So usually we would get an original, um, that's for the youngest, because he hasn't developed his palate yet. Um, we get a salt and vinegar and we get a barbecue. But, you know, like one of them had to go. So what I try to do is I try to alternate so that they won't fight when, you know, they, they've missed out um, on, their, on their chips. Um, Narelle? 
Oh, hi. Where did you get your scarf from? It's really pretty. Yeah, it oh, is actually right. very nice. Yes. Thank um, you so much. Do you much. know that red's my favourite colour? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm just a mum. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the panel! <laughs> oh. I want to watch that breakfast show. Come yeah. on. I feel I'm like hitting. I already do. <laughs> <laughs> That's scarily close to reality. Uh, TV Matt says other good words include flange, ointment, salve, plump, sass, <laughs> preempt, and flicidity. Oh, oh, use them all in one sentence. Oh, all right. uh, so I went to go get my flange ointment, uh, which is more or less a salve, if you know. Um, that's because I'm starting to get a bit plump myself, but only when I sass people. Um, but that's only if I preempt that they'll notice my flicidity. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Devin Ennis! Uh, well, let's see. It's now the end of the round, so it's back over to the Boffins for a score update. Boffins. <laughs> According to the Grain of Truth ham sandwich, Nussie has taken the lead yet again with a smattering of mustard. Uh, it's now time to reveal the answer to our Grain of Truth connection challenge. Uh, firstly, did anyone on the panel get the connection between your topics? It's the zoo, fairy tales, performing arts, and television. Is it Flipper? No, it's not Or flipper. a dog dressed as Flipper? <laughs> I'm curious to know what, how Flipper connects everyone. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought, th- thought it through on the fairy tale aspect, so I'm now um, respectfully Wasn't bowing out. Tales? What is it? Was it <laughs> yes. Flipper a stepmom? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Fanny was. <laughs> uh, the answer that I've got is The Ugly Duckling, actually, ah. is the connection. The Ugly Duckling is a fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen, and thus also an animal you might find at the zoo. Uh, we the we Japanese... do have d- ducks at the zoo. Sorry? We do. Oh, good. And, and also swans, I imagine. Also, yes, yes. Oh. they try to eat your feet. <laughs> Thankfully, there's a desk here, otherwise you would have seen the bloodied stumps of a shell nasty under here. Uh, the Japanese anime television series uh, Princess Tutu is also based on the concept of the Ugly Duckling. Oh. The story is about an author who had the power to make his stories come to life, but dies just before the two titular characters of the Princess and the Raven, uh, the Prince and the Raven, sorry, finish their epic battle. It features a duck that turns into a swan-like ballerina. So oh. there we go. And there's also a musical Honk, which is a direct adaptation of the story. Uh, the books and lyrics are by Anthony Drew and George Styles, who would later adapt Mary Poppins to stage. So there you go. There's some fun facts. Uh, and they're all connected to uh, the ugly ducking. But uh, uh, duck, ooh, yes. Can I just say oh. that can we have a moment's silence for the duck that raised the ugly duckling as her oh, own? Oh, yes. Uh, uh. Not her fault. No. no Not no her fault. fault. No. She loved him. <laughs> Very true. Well, it's now over to the boffins to determine in the supercomputer who has won the reptoid. Yes, thank you, David. We had great consultation with the supercomputer. We have a time. Is that a euphemism? No. <laughs> no you spent many a lonely hour on that supercomputer. I, I had conversations. It's oh. a tie. Oh, good oh. lord. Well, this has never happened before. Gas. <laughs> well, the supercomputer exploded. <laughs> Okay. That's, right. that's, definitely, that's, def- that's definitely a double entendre, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but good on, good on you for calling it a supercomputer. <laughs> the grain of truth reptoid must be shared between Michelle Nussie and Lucy Schmidt. Oh! I'll bite the top off it. <laughs> you can have the bottom. 
Uh, <laughs> that seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of the program, and I hope you enjoyed it. You can come and see the recording on the first day of the month at 1pm at the West Our website is www.creativetruth.com.au, and you can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash creativetruthshow, and on Twitter at creativetruths. And that leaves me to thank our panel, Michelle Nussi, Vicky Kiriakakis, Stacey Taylor, Lucy Schmidt, our Buffett of the Week, Brendan Jelly, our composer, Matthew Headcraft, arranged by Michael Bell of Orange Studios, our logo designer, Tom Markovich, our sound restorer, Armour Petit, our properties manager, set dresser, and official bum better, Asher Cameron. Oh, God. Our venue, the Wesley Ad. I've been your host, David. Have a splendid day! <laughs> this has been a stepmother production. Ah. Let's do that with the